This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast. on the following platforms Podbean, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Player FM, Google Play, and TuneIn. Just search Just the Two of Us Podcast. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook at Just the Two of Us Podcast or on Twitter at J-T-T-O-U Podcast. Hey, everybody. So welcome back to another wonderful podcast. Yes. Welcome, Stephen. <laughs> Thanks for welcoming <laughs> me to my own podcast. Okay. You are welcome. Um, tonight, we are going to do a wonderful podcast for you. And most of this podcast is going to be Stephen talking because we are going to discuss the movie Get Out by, directed by and written by, yes. correct? Directed and written by Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele is from the famous comedy duo, Key and Peele, um, from Comedy Central. If you've never watched the show, then you are missing out. Well, you have missed out because it's over. But you can always go and, and find reruns and repeats on the internets. Um, but anyway, we are going to do a review. And this is going to be a... Um, Partial first part of this review, we're going to just talk generally about the movie. Um, Steven is going to give you some insights. Um, he is going to be talking because I did not see this. And why didn't you see it, Tracy? I did not see this movie because I am not a horror uh, picture, a horror film fan. So I did not go and see this movie. Although I kind of wanted to because it's Jordan Peele. And I do enjoy uh, Jordan Peele and Key, uh, Key Michael Key. But I um, don't like. Um, scary movies. So I decided to opt out of this one and let Steven go and enjoy it for himself. So that is what he did. So anyway, the first part of this podcast, we are going to talk uh, just in general terms. So if you have not seen the movie, um, you can listen to this first part. And then... Yes, it would be spoiler free, the first part. It will part. be spoiler free, the first part. And then um, we will let you know uh, when we are going to start talking more in depth about the movie and have many spoilers so we will let you know so the first part is spoiler free so feel free to keep listening if you have not seen the film and are thinking about going to see the film um and later on we'll let you know when you should stop listening (laughs) okay so now that that is all out of the way are you ready to discuss this movie yes i'm i'm ready and excited and look forward to discussing Get out. All right. So this is going to be a little different since I'm going to be doing some questions and um, Steven's going to be doing the answering. So we're going to start off with Steven. Please give us a little synopsis uh, of this movie. Well, essentially, uh, the movie is about a a guy. His name is Chris Washington. He's a black dude who's in a relationship with a... Uh, with a white woman named Rose Armitage, and they've been dating for about five months. And the the show, the, the movie starts off with um, Chris meeting Rose's parents and family for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's taking him up to their house, uh, her parents' house up in the woods somewhere in, in northern New York, mm-hmm. upstate New York. And 
Chris is a little concerned because he was, um, I guess he's afraid that, you know, her white parents might not accept him or there might be some issues there because she didn't tell him uh, that he was black. Mm -hmm. But she assures Chris that everything's cool, everything's good. His parents, her parents are very, very liberal. Uh Her, Her father would would vote for Obama for a third term if he could. Um, her father, <laughs> they all say that. Yeah, they I'm all say that. So <laughs> her, her, she assures him that, assures Chris everything is good. Her parents are ultra liberal. They'll be accepting of him. Mm-hmm. And she also says, you know, I, you know, he's the first black guy mm-hmm. that that she's dated. Uh, her, her mother is a, is a is a psychologist or a psychiatrist okay. who uses hypnosis in her therapy, and her father is a neurosurgeon. Mm-hmm. And um, she also has like a brother. Uh, I don't know if he's older or younger, but you know he's an adult-aged uh, brother. Okay. And you know that's <clears throat> essentially the setup for for the film. They go up to the up to the house, and while when they arrive, uh, Chris meets the the family. He also meets the the caretaker. There's a, a gardener, a black guy who's there. Okay. Uh, and the and the, I guess she's the housekeeper, a black woman, and they're kind of off. They're a little bit weird acting mm-hmm. around Chris, and Chris, you know, doesn't know what's going on. He's like, this is kind of weird, but whatever. Right. Um, and he gets there, and it's the typical family stuff. When you meet the parents for the first time, it's just really awkward. Mm-hmm. The dad is, like, trying too hard to crack jokes, and, mm-hmm. you know, and he's trying to show his, I guess, liberal bona fides. He, he he he's pretty much trying to show how cool and how liberal he is to Chris. He he says my man a lot, you know. Right. He points out that um <laughs> he points out a picture of uh there's like a family picture of his of his father, mm-hmm. Rose's grandfather, uh in a track outfit from the nineteen thirties and he mm-hmm. mentioned like his father, you know, lost to Jesse Owens um back in the day and that's the you know in in the race that like helped Jesse Owens go to go to the Olympics to beat Hitler. It was some kind of like mm-hmm. qualifying track or qualifying meet or something like So he's proud that his father lost um, to Jesse Owens. So the family, mm-hmm. you know, it's this weird, awkward, but, you know, typical right. meet the parents for the first time. Uh, we're colored with, okay, but this is like an interracial family si- or interracial dating situation. So it was that extra awkwardness that Chris feels. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they're there, uh, their parents announced that they're having their annual shindig the same weekend. Okay. And this, this shindig is that's a big party. I guess their friends and neighbors come by, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a pretty interesting uh, party. Uh, everyone that Chris meets there is a little odd and mm-hmm. and strange, and they ask him a lot of black questions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, they ask him questions like, you know. How how do you feel about the African American experience? <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird like, questions what? like that, and and I, and I must mention also that that Chris is a photographer. That's what he does. Okay. Um. So he found that a little weird. It was just weird being in this company because it was all white people, with the exception of one black guy mm-hmm. uh, who was played by Lakeith Stanfield, and he was very odd acting. Mm-hmm. He had this hat, uh, you know, some kind of fedora. He's wearing a, a sport coat. And he was speaking very, you know, very proper, mm-hmm. um, very, you know, high society. And he speaks very slowly when he was speaking to Chris. And mm-hmm. Chris was excited to see him at first. He said, hey, another black guy. But right. this guy, something was off about this guy. Right. 
Um, while there, and this is prior to the uh, prior to the party, I, I failed to mention it before, but Chris uh, Rose's mother offered to hypnotize Chris to help him stop smoking. Okay. And 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 Chris politely the de- de- you know declined. Okay. But later on, um, she able to convince him to go through the hypnosis part mm-hmm. and she hypnotizes him and, and he talks about how his mother passed away in a hit and run accident when he was younger and mm-hmm. he felt guilty about that and so she hypnotizes him and then the next day uh chris forgot that he was hypnotized but he, he pieces it together and realized he was hypnotized pretty much against his wishes and mm-hmm. but surprisingly it worked in that he didn't want to have a cigarette okay <laughs> um but that was a little off-putting that, you know, he was upset that Rose's mother would even, like, hypnotize him without his consent. Mm-hmm. Off-putting for him? Yeah, yes. Off- or, okay. Off-putting thought, for him. I thought you meant as, you, as a viewer. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, so he's hypnotized, he's hypnotized, but it worked out. Right. So <laughs> all this, like, weird stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he goes back to, you know, back at the party, let's go back to that part. Mm-hmm. His, uh, when he meets the, the, the lone black guy at the party, he, um, you know, he takes a picture, uh, Chris takes a picture of the black guy mm-hmm. uh, with a cell phone and, he, and it flashes. And as soon as he takes the picture, the black guy like freaks out. And he like comes and attacks Chris and grabs him and he's like, Get out, get out, get out. And then Chris is like freaking out, like, what is up with this dude? Like, all I right. did was take a picture. And essentially they explained that, like, you know, he just had a you know, the the family explained, oh, he just had an epileptic, you know, uh, condition or seizure or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why he is acting like that. The flash just made him, you know, like just made react. him freak out yeah. or something okay. like that. And, you know, Chris is a little, you know, wary of that that explanation, but he kind of lets it go. But then right. he realized that the guy looked familiar, so he calls his friend, um, who's played by Lil Ray Howery, mm-hmm. and uh, his friend uh, is is back home in New York, dog sitting uh, <laughs> for for Chris. Okay, and he, you know, throughout the movie, he's calling his friend, telling him like, "This is like." Just, just the weirdest week and all this weird stuff is happening right. and his friend who his name is Rod Williams who works for the TSA mm-hmm. he, he's telling him like he's like yo man I told you not to go up there those folks these folks crazy you know some crazy <laughs> stuff going on right. and it was um, it was, it was pretty funny in, in the music I mean mm-hmm. uh, Lil Ray uh, Howie was really funny like he was mm-hmm. he stole the show as the friend he was just being the voice of reason that always happens in like movies for instance like especially with horror movies like the type of person like no you know you're not supposed to go in the woods by yourself right, you know right. he, he was he played that character kind of okay. like the, the greek chorus character uh-huh. and and telling it how it is so he was like basically the he represented the viewers of the movie but he was also very funny uh-huh. um so Essentially, you know, and it comes out, and this, this isn't really isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailers. Mm-hmm. It comes out that black men who go to that area where the house is that they're visiting mm-hmm. end up missing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it's you know it's something that is a little disconcerting to Chris. Mm-hmm. And when did Chris find this out? Like when did, did he? Well, Chris did... found out when his when his uh, when Rod, his friend, told him he because. 
because Chris told Rod, like, hey, this guy, looked, the black guy, he said he looked familiar, and then he sent him a picture, and, 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 and Rod said, yo, that's so-and-so, some guy that they knew back in the day, you know, a friend mm-hmm. of a friend of a friend, and Chris like, I know he looked familiar, and mm-hmm. then he's like, yo, man, but that dude went missing right. six months ago or something like that, right. so it's just a, you know, weird thing going on, and Chris is trying to find out, um, and that's, you know, it's funny because the movie was was labeled as a horror movie and it was right. a horror movie but the way it was marketed as well kind of gave it this black comedy vibe and it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a black comedy it wasn't dark comedy mm-hmm. um but it did have a lot of funny parts i mean it was mm-hmm. really really funny in parts the first half was funnier than the second half mm-hmm. um but you know the way the the movie progressed and and how it went down instead of calling it get out they could have just called it you know these white people crazy because that's what the movie was like as the movie went on and on further and further you just kept seeing like how crazy these white folks are and it's like yo this is some craziness going on here Mm -hmm. and and daniel kalua who played chris uh he he was also in uh sicario and he was also in an episode of black mirror in the first season a few years ago uh he was really good like he Mm -hmm. played the role of chris that he was very incredulous and he played the role as a black guy who, pretty much the, the black guy who, like, I've been through all this before. Like, I know this. Like, he, right. he kind of knew better. Like, while his girlfriend was the, you know, I guess, you know, stereotypical, like, ultra-liberal girl and kind of oblivious to the way the world really works right. and the world treats black people. Right. He was kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, every time something happened, mm-hmm. he would have, like, a little smirk on his face, a little mm-hmm. look, like, whatever. Like, when they were on the way to the house in the beginning... They hit a, a deer. A deer jumps in front of him in the road. They call the police, and the policeman comes and investigates, and he's talking to them. He talks to the to Rose, and Rose is the one who was driving. And then, all of a sudden, he asks Chris for his license. Right. This is sitting on the trailer. Yeah, this is in yeah. the trailer. And then she, you know, she's like, well, you don't have to see his license. He wasn't driving. I was driving. And the cop is like, you know, this is the standard procedure. I'm just going to ask. Yeah. And then Chris is like, no, it's cool. It's cool. You know, no problem. Because he, he's been through this. He right. knows how this goes. He's not about to make a fuss in the middle of nowhere with this white cop. Right. So he's like trying to give his, his license. And the girlfriend, Rose, is like, no, no, no. She's like making this big mm-hmm. stink about it and right. being all uh, indignant about it. Clearly, she has <laughs> never experienced anything right. like this Exactly. Right. And, and, and scenes like that and moments like that were kind of like, you know, a commentary on how, you know, white people, and maybe, you know, more specifically, white liberals, mm-hmm. how they don't see, they claim to be, you know, understanding and tolerant right. and very liberal in their social views, but then they don't see how things like this are viewed through the prism of black people, how things we, are different. We can talk about that more. That's actually one of kind of my, one of my questions I was going to ask you is just like, how did um, Jordan Peele use race? in this movie because that was something that I read in a lot of the reviews um, that, you know, he uses, this is, this is an interesting movie and an interesting take on a horror film in particular that, you know, he's using kind of race as like, I, I'm trying to think of how people describe it. Cause I'm going to describe it differently, but I was trying to think of what some of the articles said, but in, in my opinion, it's kind of like he's using race as like the, the thing that people are scared of, if that makes any sense. It's like, how, how, well, how did you feel like he used race? Well, it wasn't like, race like that. It was more of, he took t- typical social situations and interactions uh, and, and, apl- and viewed them through the lens of race. 
but then placed it with a layer of uh, underneath a layer of a horror movie. So it's pretty right, much okay. typical. It's this. It's the typical. You know, you're, you're dating someone for a short time, four or five months, mm-hmm. and you're meeting their parents for the first time. You're going to their house for the first right. time. You're meeting the family, and you're thrown in a situation of being in, like, a, a large party gathering with people you don't know, and you're trying to you right. know, navigate that social scene. So that's, like, a universal type of deal. Mm-hmm. But then he flipped it and 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 showed that through the prism of race, mm-hmm. as in, now this is a mixed uh, interracial couple mm-hmm. where... He's meeting the white parents for the first time. He's out in the woods, at, you know, at their estate, which is a very nice house, big mm-hmm. land, and something he's not used to being from the city mm-hmm. and, you know, having to deal with parents who, you know, they, they say they're very liberal, but then on the other hand, they're like trying too hard to be down. So that's very right. uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, dealing with the police officer in the beginning, like I said, that was a situation where, you know, his girlfriend claims to be liberal, but... You know, she's getting, in, in, you know, all indignant about the situation where he's like, I've been through this before. I'm just going to be chill about it. Right. And also dealing in a situation where, you know, with people at parties, sometimes people ask inappropriate questions or ask right. awkward questions. It's just awkwardness if you don't know anyone, mm-hmm. which is, a, like I said, a universal experience. But then he flipped it by putting it, okay, but now he's the lone black guy at the party. Mm-hmm. And people are saying things about... You know, asking him questions about race. I mean, right. one one couple is an old man and a lady, where the guy says, you know, he used to be a professional golfer, mm-hmm. and you know, Chris, you know, asked him about that, and the guy says, yeah, but I can't play golf anymore because of my hips, mm-hmm. and then he's like, I met Tiger Woods, or says something about Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. and then you know, just unprompted, you know, and yeah. it's like, why did you mention Tiger yeah, Woods like, of all the golfers in the world? Right. Why did you mention Tiger Woods? And then Chris just had this look on his face like, oh, okay, really? Right. Like Tiger well, Woods? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did you mention Tiger Woods because he's black and I'm black, you know? Right, right. So it, it, that's how like race was used in, in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also used a little bit deeper into the film uh, when we get into the spoiler territory. Okay, so we'll say that. We'll say that for the spoiler territory. But I do I do want to say when it comes to the film and spoilers, like, you know, I think a lot of people, when you see the trailers and the commercials for it, you probably think, okay, well, the trailer just gave away everything. Like, I know mm-hmm. what this movie's about. It gave away everything. There's no need to see the movie. Right. And we always have that complaints about trailers. Like, yeah, oh, they, they, they say all the best parts and, like, they gave away too much. I know what this is about. Right. That is not the case with this movie. Like, just about everything you've seen in the trailer, for the most part, mm-hmm. is from the first half of the movie. Okay. So the first half of the movie is the setup. I mean, about the you know, you know something weird is going on in, at this yeah. house. You know, everyone's acting weird. You know, there's an interracial couple, and then that's what you get from the trailers. Yeah. After you know, basically after the first half is when it like really gets trippy, and then you get into <laughs> like stuff that wasn't in the trailer. So. Right. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of, you know, some other additional, I, I would say, uh, commentary on racial politics comes through okay. is when we get to that, that second half of the movie and mm-hmm. when you finally realize, like, what the, the twists are mm-hmm. or things like that. Can you answer um, one of my next questions is just, like, um, just kind of overall, like, how he developed the, the, the movie, like, the story development, the characters. Can you speak to any of that at this point or do we have to wait for the spoiler part? Well, I mean, yeah. It's, like, do you think it was good? Like, you know, because this is his first time directing, correct? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how he d- developed it. I mean, I wasn't 
there. No, I'm saying, how do you feel as an audience that the story, you know how we can watch a movie and say, oh, this is kind of like choppy, like this isn't flow together. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, it flow together. Like, it, yeah, it, yeah, like yeah. I said, it rung true with, with universal truths and experiences of meeting a family for the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I think the characterization of the characters was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, there's a scene where they're having dinner the first night and, and Rose's brother, Jeremy shows up and he's having dinner and Jeremy is like being like completely inappropriate. He's like drunk mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. he's asking weird questions of Chris. He's like, do you do, do you like MMA, mixed martial arts fighting? <laughs> and then he's like, come on, let's, you know, let's go wrestle. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, Rose's mother has to say like, stop Jeremy. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you right. just messing with him? Right. And that's something that you could see happening in like a real family situation. Mm-hmm. Like you, you meet like the douchebag younger brother or older mm-hmm. brother. And he wants to like, you know, quote unquote, test the guy right. that his sister's dating. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, a lot of stuff rung true with the family dynamics, uh, meeting uh, you know, a new boyfriend, uh-huh. or also, like I said, with the the characterization of the parents as being, you know, proclaiming being ultra-liberal and, and understanding and tolerant, but then on the other hand, just overcompensating and uh-huh. just being a little weird. Plus Can't dad being... too much and show... Right, doing too yeah. much to show how down they are or how woke they are. And also with the dad being, um, you know, like just awkward, like say awkward bad jokes dad you know he was right. doing that kind of stuff so a lot is typically you see in like other films tv shows that right kind of yeah stuff so like i mean so the movie could have like he could have played it straight you know it, it could have been like a typical meet the parents type movie i mean that's, right. that's how the premise was set up um but you know i think he did a good job of like easing into the horror movie aspects of it mm-hmm uh, another thing I want to mention, and I saw another review mentioned this, and it was my first thought where uh, this movie had some sort of, uh, uh, it, it, it kind of was reminiscent of the Atlanta episode, um, Donald Glover's Atlanta Juneteenth episode. Did you see, see that one with me when they went when to, the they party. Went to the party? Yes. Yeah, so awesome. it was it was just like mm-hmm. that. How like the the white husband was like, "I'm down. I got all this African art, right. you know." And that's kind of like how it played with uh, with Rose's parents, mm-hmm. uh, who were played by Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener, by the way. Um, you know, her father's name is Dean Ar- Armitage, and it was kind of like gave me that same vibe of the Juneteenth episode. He was just mm-hmm. trying too hard to show how cool he was, right? And also, like in the beginning part of the movie, uh, sometime around the same time, they played a uh, Childish Gambino song <laughs> during their Redbone. So it's kind of funny how like mm-hmm. it kind of you know harkened to Juneteenth as well as you know, played some music from Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's there's no relation to that because Get Out was shot like a long time ago. I think mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident in saying Get Out was shot before, uh, you know, the episode of Juneteenth aired mm-hmm. of Atlanta and probably before that even was even shot itself. So, mm-hmm. but it was interesting how there is uh, some parallels between those two things. So overall, like, um, you know, we'll kind of wrap it up for if that's okay with the non-spoiler part. Overall, do, do you think, um, do you recommend this movie? I think you do. <laughs> yeah, it was and, awesome. And do you, who would you recommend this movie for? I would recommend, recommend this movie for people who enjoy horror movies. Okay. It, you, you know, I can understand people might be uh, hesitant because they hear Jordan Peele, they know Key and Peele, they know Mad TV and, 
Keanu and they're thinking, okay, this is just going to be silly. It's just mm-hmm. going to be dumb. It's just going to be like really bad. But Jordan Peele actually made a straight up legit horror film. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it definitely had the comedic elements, but like all horror films, they do. They always have those funny parts. I mean, mm-hmm. look at the Nightmare on Elm Street series for crying out loud. Like, Freddy was just a jokester throughout all seven movies. Mm-hmm. So it did have a lot of comedic e- elements, but it was definitely a straight up down the line horror movie. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was it was a it was pretty much had everything you can expect. It had humor, it had frights, it had some WTF moments, right. and it you know with a sprinkle of social commentary. Mm-hmm. So it, I definitely recommend it to people who are horror fans. It was it was a good horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would recommend if you see it to see it in a the theater. There's also generally horror movies are are better as communal experiences, mm-hmm. I, I, I found, because mm-hmm. there's always... Me, I don't scare easily when it comes to films. Mm-hmm. But you know there's going to be people in the audience who, who like, yeah. screaming, like, Scream. ah, ah, what? You know? screams in the audience. Oh, there's lots of screams in the audience. Like, <laughs> that would have been me. There was so many people screaming. I, that would have been me. And they were screaming at parts that I'm like, okay, that wasn't really scary. Because it, <laughs> it does do some of the, the usual, like, horror movie tropes. It does the right. jump cuts, where it's like... You know, the camera will, like, turn quickly, and then, like, someone Some will be dance. standing there, yeah, and it has, like, a, <laughs> you know, a sharp musical note, like, right. you know, and, and so it did have some of those basic cliched elements yeah. of, of horror movies. Yeah. But it, it was, you know, it definitely was creepy in, in lots of parts, mm-hmm. and if you're a horror fan, I think you definitely would enjoy it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't... It wasn't too gory. I mean, right. there was definitely some violence involved, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the type of violence where you know you see someone's like head explode right. all over the screen. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like anything like that. It yeah. was, but it was like you know some violent stuff happened, and you know definitely very, very atmospheric, and it was a slow burn and build up to like mm-hmm. all the you know creepy stuff and. And in the end, like, you're rooting, obviously, I mean, you're probably rooting for him throughout the movie because he's the protagonist and set up that way. But you're rooting for Chris. Like, right. let's go, Chris. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. You're rooting right. for Chris. Uh, you're enjoying, like, Rod being, like, you know, the best friend, like, looking out for his boy and, and <laughs> also providing a comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Okay. Yeah, I had um, read also that um, Jordan is a big horror film fan. And and talked to another director. Uh, I guess he talked to sorry, but like he, you know, actually sought some advice from another uh, horror film director. And um, I'll try to get that information. But anyway, he he's really into it. And like um, in the article that I read, he was described as like a horror film geek. Like he's really into it. So right. I mean, I mean, I can just tell from the trailers, like. This movie seems like a legit horror film. I remember like first seeing it out because I think we first saw the trailer in the movie. Trailer, yeah, we saw. Yeah, yeah, we saw it in some movie. We some saw, movie saw. we saw. We saw this trailer in the theater, and I was like, "Oh, heck no! I don't want to go." See, see and that. I had the exact opposite reaction because when I saw, it, I was like, "Yes, like this is a must." Like I wanted, you know, because it was kind of like it. It looks very. It looks very different, you know, and. And I, I will give it that. Like, it it was so different and unique to me that I, for a split second, was like, maybe, 
but then it was just scary. There were definitely some scary yeah, moments like, in that trailer where I was like, oh, no, I, I know. And I'm, I'm kind of glad you didn't go because when I because <laughs> I was trying to get you to go for the longest to see it. Yes. And I was thinking, no, it's not going to be that scary. I, I thought it was going to be more of... <laughs> really psychological and kind of like and see a, that's why more i kind of considered it more of a commentary on on race relations yeah. and relationships and i was thinking yeah it might have a couple of scary elements but i think it's going to be yep okay nope. but then as i was watching it i was like <laughs> oh no actually this is like a little bit more horror than i expected and it's a good thing tracy didn't come because yeah, she would be mad at me i, I knew i she's knew she's gonna be mad at me there were some things i was like nope this because you know you're only seeing a snippet of it and i was like see Nah, I'm good. So that was, yeah, that was what I, um, you know, just what I want to just point out that I read that he's a big horror film fan. So this probably is a really, you know, great movie. And this movie also got, uh, you had tweeted it out, um, that it got 100% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Like as of the recording this podcast, I think it had like, it's like 80 something 80 reviews, 80 reviews and That's 100%. A lot of reviews. Yeah. It's like, wow. And it's 100%. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it. A lot of critics enjoyed it. I've seen people give their other thoughts on it online. People have seen it, and, and pretty much I haven't seen a bad review yet for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some people who don't like it. Despite it being right. 100%, there's always going to be that person who's like, well, I didn't think it was that good. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if it drops to, you know, like if it drops from 100% to 99% and Rotten Tomatoes, someone will cite that 1% and say, mm-hmm. well, see, not everyone liked the movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it happens. But overall, I, uh, I think it was good. The, the general consensus is it was good. Right, right. Okay. Well, uh, if we want to move into the spoiler part of the podcast, if you're ready to do that, unless there was something else you no, wanted to No, that's it. So we can go to the spoiler part. Okay. So now we're going to talk more in depth about the film and discuss, you know, some real stuff that happened. Yeah. So at this point, yeah, if you have not seen the film, (laughs) you might want to exit. Yeah, you can stop listening. (laughs) Stop listening. Um, So whenever you're ready to discuss, I don't have any more questions. Oh, it was like, yo, (laughs) so anyway... So let me tell you this. I mean, because if you've seen it, then you already know. So we're just going to talk about, like, how yeah. awesome it was. Well, you're going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. You're going to listen. So the beginning of the movie, right, I said, I mentioned before, like, Keith Stanfield was in it. If I hadn't, uh, he's yeah. in it, and he was from Atlanta. Right. So at the beginning of the movie, you see him walking at night. And this is how the movie starts. He's walking at night in his neighborhood. He's walking by himself. And he's he's on the phone, and he was talking to someone. And he was telling him, like, he was looking for directions to go someplace. He was trying to, I guess, beat up some, meet with somebody and go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this creepy white car, like, you know, starts following him as he's walking down the street. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, then the car stops. And then, you know, Lakeith Stanfield is like, Psh, F this. And he turns around <laughs> and starts walking the other way. Yeah, as you know, a normal person would right, do. Like, right, And he starts walking another other way. And then he stops and he turns back and sees that the car door is open. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then when he notices the car door is open, someone comes from the side and grabs him mm-hmm. and then like puts him like in a sleeper hole and just drags him, mm-hmm. his unconscious body, and puts it in the trunk of the car and drives away. Oh my God. And that's like the very beginning of the movie. Okay. Then it switches over to telling the story of uh, Chris and talking with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rose about going to the, the party and meeting up with the parents and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So... 
later on, and I mentioned earlier when they had this party, right. when when Chris runs into the only other black person at the party, right. it was actually Lakeith Stansfield's character from earlier. Right. And his character, he was acting weird and basically he wasn't the same guy. Like he was mm-hmm. just a totally different guy. Right. And like I said, that freaked out Chris because uh, he was just acting weird and he comes to find out that he wasn't the, um, you know, he has gone missing because Ra told him that. Right. Um, also, other strange things happen while they're at the house where uh, Chris realizes that his phone was unplugged. He was trying to charge his phone mm-hmm. and he plugged it up. But then when he came back, like later on that day, it was unplugged and he mm-hmm. deduced that it was the housekeeper, Georgina, who had unplugged it. Mm-hmm. And Georgina, like I said, was acting very weird and strange. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was just acting all out odd. And that concerned Chris. And he told Rose about it. And Rose said, oh, she was going to speak to her mother about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also at the party, you know, you know something was up at the party when Chris, you know, at one point he goes back into the house. Everyone's in the, in the house at the party talking, all the, all the guests. And he comes in and he goes up the stairs. And as soon as he goes out of frame of the picture up the stairs, mm-hmm. everyone in the party stopped talking. And then they looked up, like up, you know, up, like upstairs. <laughs> uh, yeah, like yeah. And they hear you can hear his footsteps as he walk into the bedroom. Yeah. And they're just looking and they're like, yo, what's going on with these folks? Oh my gosh. While there at the party, he also met like played by Stephen Root. He played a guy named Jim Hudson, I guess, who was a blind guy. And a blind guy says, well, I know who you are, Chris. Like, I recognize your work. You're a great photographer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim Hudson, I guess, explains to Chris that he knows, like, he has his assistant, because he's an art dealer, mm-hmm. uh, describe the works of art to him. And he's able to, you know, decide, you know, if it's good or any quality. So mm-hmm. despite being blind, he had gone blind uh, after being able to see for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And, then he, you know, he was an art dealer. Uh, so that's important because at one point where Chris is thinking about leaving mm-hmm. him and Rose are hanging out at the lake talking. And while they're at the lake talking, you see that people at the party are having an auction. They're like, you know, well, they're using bingo cards, it's like the auction paddles. Mm-hmm. It's like a silent auction. Mm-hmm. And then as the camera pulls the bag, you see that the silent auction, you see there's like a big photograph like on it on an easel mm-hmm. uh, at the front and, and Rose's father Dean is like conducting the auction. Right. And the picture is like a picture of Chris. What? And the it's a picture of Chris and Chris is like so basically you get the impression that Chris is being auctioned. Oh my god. And this is going on while Chris and Rose are like at the lake. So they right. don't know anything about this. Mm-hmm. So um Chris is um Oh, so they're auctioning him, and you can tell, you know, that pretty much Jim Hudson, the guy that Chris met, the blind art gallery dealer, mm-hmm. it ends up winning the auction. Okay. So you see that happen. Right. And then, um, you know, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but uh, after the auction is when Chris and Rose finally go back to the house, and then, you know, Chris is, um, becomes just a little bit more suspicious of, of stuff, like I said, with the phone. He calls up his friend Rod. Um and Rod's like, yo, this is crazy. You need to get out there. Those white folks are crazy. Mm-hmm. And Chris is like, you know what? I am gonna get out of here. So he <laughs> tells Rose, like, yo, we gotta get out of here. You know, get your things. He says, okay, I'll get. You know, okay, we'll go. You know, if you're not comfortable, we'll go. 
So she goes against his things, and while he's in in the room in the bedroom, it's her like old bedroom. He finds that one of the like a little secret door, like one of those little small little doors that you, sometimes they have like under stairs. Yeah. Like one of that little door was open. He goes and looks inside the door, and he sees a box, mm-hmm. and it's like a keepsake box. Mm-hmm. So he just opens up the uh, the box is kind of open a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he opens up the box a little bit further, and he looks and he sees pictures. Mm-hmm. And then it's like pictures of Rose, uh, and he starts flipping through them. And it's like a picture of of Rose with a black guy, another black guy, another black guy, another <laughs> black guy. Just a bunch of different black guys, uh-huh. right? And you're like, "What the f?" Because I don't know if you remember. I just said yeah, she said she never dated, she never dated before. a white guy before, a black a guy, guy before. Yeah. She, she mentioned that, so right. he's like, "What's going on?" Right. And then as he's flipping through the photos. The last two photos he gets to, the second to last one is a photo of Rose with a picture of the gardener, the black guy. Mm-hmm. And the last picture is a picture of Rose with the maid, Georgina. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the F is going on? And then he puts the stuff back and then Rose comes back in the room and he's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, he's trying to play it cool, but he's like, this is very weird. Uh, you got your keys? Let's go. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, yeah, no, I, I can't find them. I can't find the keys. So she's looking, she's looking, she's looking, she's looking for the keys and the drugs. Mm-hmm. He's okay. Well, let's, we'll just go downstairs. We'll just go down. We'll just, we'll just go to the car. We'll just get going. Mm-hmm. And as they're walking down the stairs, and they get to the bottom of, uh, or Chris gets to the bottom of the stairs and then Rose is still stuck on the stairs and they see, um, you know, the family there mm-hmm. and then Rose's mother Missy is like, uh, where are you going, Chris? He's like, oh, we just got to put some things in the car. <laughs> and they're like, no, you know, don't go anywhere. And then at that point, Dean, Rose's father, says, do you understand your purpose, Chris, or something like that? She's, he starts asking about, like, what do you think your purpose is? And Chris is like, uh, <laughs> right. this is so weird. Why, why is he asking me this? Like, I'm just trying to get up out of here. And he's like, what is your purpose? And I don't remember what he said, but it's basically like your purpose is to do more in life and do mm-hmm. this. And and then Chris is like, you know, we're getting out of here. And then he's like, you know, he gets yelling at Rose, like, you got the keys. And she's like fumbling through the purse. She's like, I can't find the keys. I, I can't find the keys. She can't, I can't find them. He's like, Rose, Rose, Rose. He keeps <laughs> yelling, Rose. Like he says it like 10 times. He's mm-hmm. like yelling at her like, yo. And that's how I would be. I'm like, yo, where are the keys? This is really weird what's going on in this house right now. Mm-hmm. Let's get out of here. And then she's like, no, no, I can't find the keys. And then suddenly she's like, Chris. And then she pulls out the keys out of her purse. She says, you know, I can't give you the keys, Chris. And he's like, what? <laughs> oh my God. And then he, at that point he realizes Yo, Rose is in on whatever is going on right. right now. So he tries to make him run for the door. The brother Jeremy comes and like with a lacrosse stick and then hits Chris and and they're fighting and then um Missy comes in and she hypnotizes Chris because mm-hmm. when she hypnotizes she's able to paralyze him mm-hmm. and in which he can't move and his consciousness is still there, mm-hmm. but he can't do anything. He's paralyzed, he can't move. Uh, he can't speak. Mm-hmm. It's like a, you know, it's basically the way that it's presented in the film visually was you can see in a box what's going on. Like, that's your point of view. But yeah. you're in like this deep space, uh, dark space area where you're just floating down, floating away. So it's like mm-hmm. your actual consciousness is just floating away and you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like kind of like in a dream, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So she hypnotizes him, paralyzes him, and he like falls to the ground. He's knocked out. Mm-hmm. He wakes up, 
He's in the basement. Mm-hmm. He's tied to a chair. And there's like a TV in from like old timey TV. Mm-hmm. And then like the TV comes on and the TV is like uh, a video of the grandfather of the family. Mm. And he says his name is whatever, grand, Grandpa Armitage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, all these things about like, yeah, you know, you know, we got a great family here and, you know, we want to do things and make things better in the world. And he just gives this like long presentation. And then you can see this old video from years ago when when the kids were still young. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's the it's the parents, Dean and Missy, the kids and the grandparents standing there. And then Chris is like, what the F is going on? And then another video plays where it's the the guy, Jim Hudson. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's in a hospital gown. He's in like a in a um in a in a stretcher on a in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he says, Well, you know, I know you don't understand what's going on, Chris, but I'm gonna explain it to you. You know, the hypnosis, that was pretty much think of it like as a pre op situation where the hypnosis was designed to make your brain susceptible to what's about to happen to you now. Uh, essentially, you know, I can't see, but, you know, I'm going to get your body. What we're going to do is we're going to do a procedure in which I get to have your body. Um, and, you know, the hypnosis was part of that. That was the beginning of it. And, you know, we're going to do surgery and, you know, put my consciousness inside your body. Oh, my God. And Chris is like, what? Like, this is, like, freaky. And then uh, they have the, on the video, they have a sound that that does the sound that knocks Chris out with mm-hmm. the paralysis. So it's, it's, it's a focal point mm-hmm. thing when it comes to hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So they've been using that to, to knock him out as he's tied to the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to give away, like, how he escapes, but essentially, like, he ends up escaping mm-hmm. uh, when Jeremy comes to get him to, I guess, take his, uh, take take the paralyzed Chris to the operating room, which is in the right. basement of the house, mm-hmm. where they're going to essentially, they start, they're going to, the father's a neurosurgeon, as I mentioned before, right. so they're going to cut open Jim Hudson's brain, take it, and put it inside of Chris's, Chris's brain, body. yeah, yes. Chris's body, right. And so that way, Jim Hudson can have this nice, young, strapping black body. Oh, my God. So it's like, okay, this is freaky. So right. Chris is like, Chris is able to, like, escape from there. He gets upstairs. Um, you know, he escapes by, you know, knocking people in the head and all that stuff. A fire starts. And he, he then uh, then confronts um, the mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he fights her off and ends up escaping and killing her. And he's like, yo, I'm getting the F out of here. He jumps in the car. And I, fi- I failed to mention earlier, but Chris explained that his mother died in a hit and run accident. He felt right. guilty for no, it. Be- okay. Yeah. okay. He-, he felt guilty for it because mm-hmm. I guess he was 11 years old at the time and she was late coming home from work, mm-hmm. but he didn't think anything of it. Like he didn't go looking for, he didn't call the police for a few hours because he's a kid. He's just sitting at home chilling, right. watching TV. And it comes to find, he, you know, he came to find out that he probably he thinks he could have saved her because they said she didn't die immediately from the hit and run accident. Mm-hmm. So if he had like reported her missing or called the police earlier, maybe they could have found her. Mm-hmm. So he gets in his car and he's like driving away in the car, and he's driving. And as he's driving away, he hits Georgina, the housekeeper, mm-hmm. and he's and he's driving and he stops, and mm-hmm. everyone's like. 
no, don't stop, keep driving. Everyone meaning in the audience. In the audience, right. <laughs> he might keep driving because, but he stops because he thought about his mother being in a hit and run accident. Right. He's like, no, I can't leave her behind. Yeah. So he goes and he grabs her and he puts her in the car and oh he starts gosh. driving again. And then when he hit her, uh, Rose was still in the house, but she was listening to music on the headphones. Mm-hmm. But then she heard like the impact, like she heard the right. accident, and then she like realized something's wrong, and she goes outside. And then, as you know, as Chris gets back in the car and is driving away, you know, they switch to Rose, and Rose looks to see the car drive away, and, and Rose says, "Grandma." And you're like, you're looking at me like, huh? Grandma. Oh, it's Georgina. Georgina is Rose's grandmother. Oh my God. So basically they did the procedure on the grandparents. Right. So they put the they put the brain of the grandmother in Georgina's body. Oh my gosh. And obviously the grandfather is is the other guy, the black gardener or whatever. So then she wakes up and he's like, uh, Georgina wakes up and Chris is like, you know, okay, we're getting out of here. Because he just thought she was like an innocent victim of these crazy folks. And she's like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And she grabs the wheel and they crash into a tree and then she ends up dying. And then Chris gets out the car and he Mm -hmm. starts running and then Rose is coming down the driveway Mm -hmm. with the gun. And she... No, she doesn't... She's shooting at Chris. I don't know if she actually hit him, but because he was in a car accident, he's like trying to get away he's like stumbling mm-hmm. and then the gardener comes out of nowhere and he starts running 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 like <laughs> oh the weird God. running he does in the, in the trailer mm-hmm. and he comes and tackles chris and then he's f- fighting with chris and then chris grabs his phone uh while he's on the ground and he takes his phone out and and, and flashes the camera at at the gardener mm-hmm. hoping that would like snap him out of the mm-hmm. thing like it snapped out the other guy, guy right. whose name was logan his real name his name was andre and before he was converted to crazy man. <laughs> um, so, and to Logan. So he did that. And then, you know, the guy stops fighting and he gets up and he says, the gardener gets up and he looks at Rose and says, you know, give me the gun. Let me do it. And then she gives Rose the gun. And Rose gives him the gun mm-hmm. and he takes the shotgun and he turns and shoots Rose in the chest. Mm-hmm. And then he turns towards Chris who's laying on the ground and then he takes the gun and shoots, him, shoots himself in the head. Mm-hmm. And it's like, crap like this is like some serious stuff and all and in the meantime you know the whole time his friend rod works at the tsa mm-hmm. and rod is like becoming increasingly concerned like he's like figuring out like okay something's wrong he, he wants to go find chris right chris didn't come back when he was supposed to right he called kept calling chris's phone uh rose ended up answering his phone this is like when chris is still tied up and mm-hmm. and you know rose like said oh i don't know chris left two days ago and mm. and rob was like you lying you lying <laughs> like he knows she's lying right so he puts her on mute and he's like i know she's lying i'm gonna have to record it so he like sets up his computer so he can record it it was just, it was so funny i'm telling you man he killed that role because he was hilarious mm. so he's like i know you lying and then he puts her back on the phone and it's like <laughs> you know okay so you know, he's trying to get her to, like, I guess, say something incriminating. So he says, so Chris said that your mother was trying to hypnotize him to stop mm-hmm. smoking. And then Rose uh, realized that, you know, I guess uh, Rod was trying to, you know, trick him, mm-hmm. trick her. So yeah. she's like, you know, you know, Rod, I know you, I know you wanted me. I know you wanted to date me. I know you like me. And she kept saying these things. He's like, what you talking about? Like, I 
didn't call you because of that. I don't like you. I'm calling because of Chris. And she's like, I know what you called, Ra. <laughs> and it was just so funny. Like, that was like probably the funniest part of the movie because Ra was like, this trick is trying to like, you know, cheat so, me. Can we go back for yeah, a quick second? I know second? I'm jumping around. Sorry. Why did the uh, gardener slash grandpa shoot Rose? Oh, because once once Chris took the flash of him, that snaps him out of whatever thing. Like hypnosis. Hypnosis. Like, okay. So it was it allowed like the original guy, the real guy, mm-hmm. his consciousness to come forth. Mm-hmm. So at that point, he's you know because they because you can see what's happening, you just can't do anything about it. Like mm-hmm. you you can your consciousness is like in the deep parts of your mind and you have no control over anything. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you just see what's happening. So at that point, like he knew that he, his body was taken over and mm-hmm. they were forcing him to do all this stuff, but mm-hmm. he couldn't do anything about it. So at that point when he, the flash made his, the original guys, the grandpa basically, or the, 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 the original the black original guy, person. yeah, his consciousness right. came forth over the, over the over grandpa. Okay. And then it. that's why he shot Rose. Cause he was mm-hmm. like, yo, I got, you know, I got to, Stop this or whatever. Right, right. I got it. I got it. Right. Now, did they explain, or did you figure out? Because I'm kind of figuring. I'm going to go back even further. When you said that um, Chris had saw that the, um, you know, he saw the little keepsake box with Rose and all these. Right. So, did what was that all about? Well, that that you you were able to infer from that that basically. One, she was in on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two, because she because she lied about never dating a black man because they have these pictures, mm-hmm. and also that these are all the black people who had disappeared in this town over the years, and okay. these, all these people were turned into like these, various people. Yeah, these right? various people whose whose bodies were taken over by the white folks. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. So that's why essentially you gather that. Rose would essentially meet people, befriend them, mm-hmm. date them in order to trick them into to coming, coming up, up and mm-hmm. and that's what they did. Okay, I thought there was something behind Rose, like maybe somebody was in her body or something. No, weird, no, no, she, no. Yeah, okay. you see her pictures of all these black people. It's like, like right. because that's what she she, she would was, do. And well, isn't that something? I know. <laughs> like when you think, like I mean, I guess you'll get to that, like. Which you're going to talk about the deeper yeah. kind of racial. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like about these these white people who saw these black folks as nothing but vessels right. of physical specimen. Because like, a lot of times they were asking them, like, you know, like I said, the brother Jeremy was sizing them up as like, mm-hmm. you're strong, you do MMA, you know, trying mm-hmm. to find out this stuff about mm-hmm. him. And it was about, you know, these people who are just want to use these black bodies for themselves. They don't treat them as people. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only exploiting them and taking them over, but just, you know, the power dynamic that's involved there, you mm-hmm. know, pretty much acting like they're, they're their friends and they're liberal and they're nice. Well, meanwhile, they're basically just finding a way to exploit them, seeing though they, they have, saying that the black folks have no value to give to society. Mm-hmm. They have no purpose. So that, I mean, that was like, you know, kind of deep there. That was very deep. That is very deep. Do you want to discuss what happened in the end, at the end of the movie, the very end of the movie? Did it make any sort of impact? Like, do you want to talk about that? I mean, since we're... Well, that... Yeah, I mean, that's pretty that's much... much in. I mean, that was, that was the end. Like, at, 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 after the, the black guy shoots himself, then Rose is shot. But Rose is still alive. She's laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then she starts, like, you know, she reaches for the gun and Chris slowly gets up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Chris is like... He puts like his arms, or his hands around her neck, and he starts like choking her. You know, <laughs> he's like, "I'm gonna kill you! I'm gonna kill you!" 
But eventually, like, as he's doing, uh, while he's doing that, a police car pulls up. Mm-hmm. And the lights are flashing. And it's like, okay, we got a dead body on the road. Mm-hmm. It's a black man choking a white woman who's been shot on the road. Right. And he looks up and he sees a police car. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, crap. So then, like, he <laughs> stops choking her. And, you know, you're thinking, crap, like, you know, the cop from before, another cop is, like, coming to get them. Yeah. Uh, and then she's, you know, Rose sees that and she flips into her, like, you know, helpless white woman, you know, persona. Mm-hmm. And she's like, please help me, help me. Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, Chris gets up and he starts walking to the, to the police car, you see, like, the car, you know, the person, the cop gets out the car and you see that the person is actually Rod, his friend from the TSA. Uh, he was a TSA agent. He right. had a TSA car. Oh. So he gets out and he's like, man, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, so like they, they get in the car and they drive away. And uh-huh. it's like, it was awesome because everyone started cheering when it was Rod. Because he was thinking, man, this is not going to end well for Chris. Right. They were like, oh man, it's the cop, man. Oh my gosh. But it was Rod. So then after like driving there and Rod was like, you know, just kind of driving at the end, like they're in silence. And then Rod's like, Man, I told you not to go in there. <laughs> it was so fun. Like, the whole theater exploded with laughter. He's like, I told you not to go up there with them folks. And it was just, it was just hilarious. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, a cameo from Erica Alexander, oh. uh, living single and Cosby yeah. Show fame. Mm-hmm. She, was, uh, she played a cop because at one point Rod tried to get, you know, the local police to investigate, like, what happened to his friend. Okay. And he's trying to explain to them, like, yeah, I think my friend was kidnapped. The black men are in this town are being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're hypnotizing them and using them for sex slaves. And he kept talking about, like, you know, he thinks the, these white folks are taking them and using them for sex slaves. Because he just made, you know, he just, like, yeah, had that just, idea yeah. in his head. And and understandably so, the cops looked at him like he was crazy. They're right. like, what are you talking about? White folks, sex slaves, mm-hmm. hypnosis. So they kind of dismissed him. But she had a small cameo role. Playing a awesome. playing a cop in the movie, so mm-hmm. it was it was really good. You know, it was like yeah. I, I still think you should see it. Like if it comes well, out, I'm like you, I don't know. I want to see you told me the whole movie. I know. I guess I told you. Well, movie. yeah, I knew that was obviously going to happen uh, doing this podcast. But yeah, maybe um, when it comes out, um, you know, yeah. video and stuff and all that good stuff, I'll I'll check it out. It was it good. Seems very intriguing. It was it was good. Like yeah. I. I don't I don't watch horror movies much anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, I cannot even remember the last horror movie I saw, especially in the theater. Like the last horror movie I I saw in the theater was probably Scream Three. Wow. And Scream Three was probably what like was that, early two thousand nineteen ninety seven ninety eight. Oh, late two thousand or late nineteen ninety. Yeah, and like Scream Three was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, so Scream Three was probably like the last the last horror movie I actually saw in the theater. So I'm not mm-hmm. a much per- person to go to see horror movies, but. This was a good one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the aforementioned reasons. Yeah. I definitely think people should see it in a theater, see mm-hmm. it like with like-minded friend. If you, it's definitely a movie, like a party movie in a sense, like if you go to one of those movie theaters that serve like beer and wine and, and real food, like an Alamo Draft House mm-hmm. or something like that, definitely go there. It's like <laughs> definitely a party you go with your, with your friends, you get some drinks in you. Right. And like, it will be like, it's like an awesome experience. Like it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. it. Sounds like it was a really good movie and not and not a typical horror movie, really. You know, with all of this kind of like social commentary in the background uh, backdrop. Um, so awesome yep. uh, movie experience. 
Uh, I wish I had sort of seen it. Maybe. <laughs> I think. I, I mean, I think you could have. I think you could have looked past the gory stuff because, like I said, it wasn't really gory, gory. You know, yeah. it wasn't like I said, it wasn't heads exploding. It wasn't people getting their arms chopped off. Right, and you could like, see blood flying everywhere. Yeah. It was just more of like you know, you know, people getting stabbed and people getting like hit in the head or whatever. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah but it was really. good because like I, I was afraid that as a, as the movie was going on, especially th- during the last act, I was like, man, I hope like I hope Jordan Peele doesn't go too dark with this mm-hmm. and like Chris dying in the end or something like that. Yeah. Because that would have sucked. Because like they, they like Key and Peele, a lot of their sketches also had like dark undertones and how they end it. Mm. I'm just thinking like something like the Negro Town sketch where, you know, Negro Town and everyone's dancing, but in the right. end, like, the black guy goes to jail. Right. And I was like, right. dude, that's like a Dang. bummer. Yeah. So I wouldn't have been surprised if Jordan Peele did the same thing with this movie and like, mm-hmm. even though like Chris did all this good stuff, like in the end, like, he wasn't able to escape and somehow he, you know, they were able to catch him or he ended up dying or something, something like a bummer. I was, ex- I was, I wouldn't have been surprised if that happened, but I was pleasantly, uh, I was it was pleasantly surprised to see that it it didn't that Chris came out the hero he was the hero he got away cool. yeah I mean of course we don't know what happened after that once they tied together that somebody ended up killing his entire family right <laughs> and set the house on fire I mean sure they might trace that back to Chris but right. you know that but the movie <laughs> ends the movie ends you know right. it just ends mm-hmm. with Rod and Chris in the car yeah that is crazy that's like a really crazy. Uh, type of movie you know they're like putting these you know switching over these consciousnesses brains and consciousnesses yeah but i mean obviously it's i mean it's a horror movie so it's, it's fantastical it's not you know based in any reality you're, right, not, you're not gonna be able to like you know cut someone's head open and put someone else's you know clearly consciousness <laughs> I know some people on this podcast might might understand, might think that you know who knows. There's people in the world out there who have these can't do brain transplants. People interesting thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well we can wrap this up. Um, if you have anything else left to discuss, no, nope, I am good. All right, awesome. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Um, please, please, please check out um, all of our different um, sites where you can um, give us some reviews on iTunes. Um, I believe you can do it on. Not Stitcher. Is it Stitcher? Yeah, you can do, can you do, do a review on Stitcher. Stitcher, um, Stitcher iTunes, and Google Play. You can leave Google us reviews. Play. Yes, please leave, leave us reviews. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Um, if you and, have any ideas, we are always open to ideas. And um, also check out our past episodes. Podcast. <laughs> podcast episodes. Check out uh, our review of Hidden Figures. Yes. Uh, our review of Fences. Yes. You know, we've, we reviewed quite a few movies on, on here, so mm-hmm. check those out as well. And, um, yeah, I guess that's it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Bye. everyone. <laughs>